Welcome to a super special episode of Rhythm Encounter, RPG Fans Music Podcast. I'm your host, Marcos Gaspar, Wild Armor on the Boards, and today, my dear listeners, we have a special guest with us. He's a Seattle-based composer slash arranger with already two successful Kickstarter projects under his belt. You might have heard of them, the verse being Canto Symphony and the Kestrel reimagining of the first Pokemon generation that's red, blue, and or green, depending on who you are. The second, a collection of Pokemon musical arrangements from throughout the series, which, which was also a collaborative effort with arranger Eric Buckles, who was with us last time on the Rhythm Encounter for the special Rhythm Encounter episode, Hero of Time Interview. By the way, that second album's Double Team. Both <laughs> albums have landed on the Billboard charts and gained international recognition. So, you know, it's a pretty big deal. Today, folks, we have Braxton Burks, a Meister singer of Delectable Pokemon Arrangements. How you doing, Braxton? Hey, Marcos. I'm doing great. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right. So are you really excited about this project? Unbelievably excited. It's uh, it's something I've been wanting to tackle for a really long time, the music from Pokemon Gold and Silver. Um, I, I actually started playing the Pokemon games uh, during the second generation because uh, I couldn't afford a, a Game Boy when I was a kid. <laughs> oh. Um but one of my friends gave me his Game Boy Color uh, later in like middle school, and then that's when I started playing Pokemon for the first time. And uh, yeah, Gold and Silver just really sucked me in with the characters, the music, uh, and the whole like region itself. I I kind of imagined it being this super pastoral, pretty region, and then you got to see it, you know, revamped in Heart Gold and Soul Silver. So it made it. Like it was already my favorite region, and then the remakes made it that much more awesome. So, yeah, I'm I'm incredibly excited. All right, excellent. And now I'm gonna ask this, but I'm pretty sure already our viewers or listeners already know. Uh, well, that's two questions. One, why Chato, and why not? <laughs> well, uh, for reasons that you could probably infer from what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> Johto being, yeah, I'm definitely a second gen uh, fan, so um, that's probably the number one reason why I wanted to tackle um, orchestrating music from Gold and Silver. But um, as for the reason why now, um, it's actually been a, a project I've been working on over the last maybe two or three years, but hasn't really come to full fruition uh, just because I was in school for a while, so I had to put a lot of stuff on the back burner, and um, I was also working part-time, and now I compose and arrange music full-time, so um, I, I have time now to follow up my first album, Canto Symphony, which, as you mentioned, was uh, music from Red and Blue, and follow it up with uh, music from Gold and Silver in a natural uh, succession. See? You hear it here, listeners. There's a, a method to the madness. He's going in order. Who thought it? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? This makes sense? That doesn't make any sense. But it's like yeah. a sequel or something. <laughs> a musical sequel, if you will. And, and like a musical sequel, I'm actually curious. Are you going to take the same, uh, uh, like, how's, how's it, a liberal uh, arranging with this album that you did with the first uh canto symphony album where it was like a like 
a symphonic sketches or even a little uh a symphonic program of this beautiful soundtrack or is it going to be a little bit more closer to the arrangements or the original tracks rather I would say it's a mix, definitely. Um, I'd say probably closer to what I did for Canto Symphony, which I guess was something people really enjoyed. So uh, why not, you know, do something like that again? Um, and I think the fact that the previous gens relied on such primitive instruments like the original Game Boy Color games for the soundtrack, it makes it that that much more um, flexible when it comes to arranging. Uh, the melodies are sort of presented in this simplistic way. Um, and then there's only like, for the original Game Boy Color uh, sound card, there were only, you could only use like, I think it was three voices at once. So you got really beautiful three part writing uh, on all Game Boy soundtracks, but um, it was kind of limited in its instrumentation. So basically what I want to do is take the music and uh, flesh it out, orchestrate it, um, kind of add a story and a narrative to it and make it more cinematic. Like you're you're listening to a, a, a Pokemon movie, almost a Pokemon film score. Yeah, and I get that from your uh, Canto Symphony, especially the first track, where it's just this beautiful, soft piece. And uh, I just imagined just someone in their living room, like going through their bookshelf and like, ah, Pokemon Red, or the first generation, oh. and taking it and just looking at the picture slowly, uh, or the book, and just like re reminiscing about it. And then finally diving into the story itself, hearing the music once more in a more like vivid and like as you say like a cinematic sense and i found that beautiful and that's what makes me very excited for uh this johto album because i feel like that's what you're gonna do and it, i'm super pumped about that yes it's thank you first of all i i really love that track that you mentioned the um shelf of memories prelude to uh kanto symphony and it's uh yeah johto legend is going to be a continuation of that uh, capturing the essence of uh, playing the Pokemon games for the first time and um, kind of bringing out the player's perspective as well as the main character's perspective in their their journey to become a Pokemon master. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's there's definitely moments of uh, nostalgic wonder and lots of adventure and excitement too. Yeah. And things like that I really find uh, very attractive. It's very intimate when, like, whenever I hear these arrangements from, like, uh, ranges uh, like you. Um, because I feel like it's not just, like, me remembering, like, oh, ah, Pokemon Red or, or now Pokemon Gold and Silver. I also feel like I'm just getting the intimate moment that you're having with music. And uh, somehow I, I feel like that adds a little bit, of, like, a, a very special uh, piece to it. And that's kind of, like, the soul of the arranger in there. So I'm really excited for that too, but uh, you have so uh pretty incredible talents uh have for here. Oh, excuse me for the arrangement team. Uh, why don't you uh talk about this uh special team you got going here that's going to be helping performing the music? Sure. Yeah. So the Johto Legends Kickstarter, which we're running right now, is to raise funds for. Uh, seven live musicians to perform on the album. In the past, we've worked with uh, the Seattle, some Seattle Symphony players on our album Double Team, uh, which 
was an incredible experience. We got to book a studio downtown Seattle, Studio X, and perform with these uh, the string orchestra and piano and uh, wrote some really fun arrangements uh, that they got to perform. And um, I, I sort of wanted to bring in more live elements for my next album, uh, Johto, um, just after working with uh, those players. And I learned a ton from that. Um, the Canto Symphony uh, album that I wrote in 2012 was written almost exclusively with orchestral sample libraries, with the exception of a few uh, solos uh, performed by um, some musicians that I actually met on YouTube uh, <laughs> and who also shared this love of Pokemon. And so this time we're kind of upping the ante. So we're, we're kind of doing a combination of what we did for Kanto Symphony and Double Team and having large orchestral uh, arrangements uh, performed with uh, very realistic, high-quality sample libraries and doubling that with live players to make it even more realistic and giving them really uh, emotional, intimate solos that I think will resonate with listeners. Hmm. And I am just looking forward to that. Like I love it when uh, you get these... Uh, not only just like indie artists coming together, but uh, musicians as well who are experienced with this type of music because they really do uh, like liven up a piece and, you know, it makes it shine. Uh, absolutely. And it's it helps that a lot of the players that we're recruiting um, have actually performed in live symphonic game concerts like Pokemon Symphonic Evolutions and uh, The Legend of Zelda, Symphony of the Goddesses. Um, I also, so uh, a few of the people that, that we're working with um, are Patty Rudisil, who uh, records with the Nashville Scoring Stage. I, I think that's the the name, but they, um, they record tons of video game soundtracks and uh, she's performed on a lot of them. Um, Laura Entravia, who's going to be playing flute on Johto, uh, she also goes by Flute Link. Uh, she's performed in uh, video games live productions and uh, she's also a vocalist so uh, <laughs> a lot of multi-talented people um, even uh, Kristen Nagus uh, who is going to be our double read player for uh, Johto she's gonna be playing oboe English horn and Japanese woodwinds uh, which is gonna be part of the uh, uh, some of the Japanese aesthetic elements that uh are native to the the johto region or at least you know influence the johto region's design mm, yeah like and what's really good that um some of these people are also experienced as like arrangers themselves uh one in particular laura and travia uh because i've listened to or not rather i reviewed her through time and space chrono piano album so these, oh, yeah. these people are actually like very talented uh, so when I say that you're going to be expecting, or rather you're going to be, you know, getting some quality stuff, well, that's for certain, because <laughs> people to like, and I noticed this too, because, um, I have, like, I went to college for music and I've worked with, uh, composers mm. and arrangers, uh, before, um, I just noticed that when you get a musician that's also an arranger or both the composers, they somehow bring out like a sparkle in the music or they just add like an extra element to it. So 
I think you're going to get that here too. Um, I'm pretty positive because I've already seen it like firsthand uh, working with both soloists who do an amazing mm-hmm. job regardless. But like an arranger soloist, that's like, that's hitting gold. That's a package deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, mm-hmm. I've had the pleasure of uh, um, like, working with uh all of these people before laura patty Kristen, they're they're all super incredibly talented (laughs) and it it's it's cool too to get like feedback from them on pieces uh knowing that they all have like really strong theory and origin uh um i'm sorry uh arranging skills and uh like when I sent Laura a few things from Johto for the first time to kind of like pitch her on the project and get her on board for uh, playing flute, she, uh, uh, you know, complimented me and I was like super flattered. It's <gasps> like, oh my God, Laura and Dravia likes my music. Oh, <laughs> oh that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So we, we all share this, uh, this um, camaraderie and, uh, uh, mutual respect for each other's music so it's it it definitely is going to add to the performances like you like you mentioned absolutely uh and that's great when you're complimenting each other that that, (laughs) that, that's great yeah each other on the back yeah (laughs) that's the frosting on the cake that's the gravy on the turkey the the Uh, self-congratulatory (laughs) hoo-ha um but yeah well, let's actually get into specific more Pokemon Gold and Silver. Uh, yeah, sure. What What was some of your favorite tracks from uh that from that generation? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I would say if I hadn't tackled Kanto Symphony first, I definitely would have done uh Johto first <laughs> because I I love all of the music from Gold and Silver. Uh, in in a really big way. Um, and while I love the music of red and blue as well, I felt like gold and silver had a lot more, um, memorable themes for me personally. Maybe that's me wearing nostalgia goggles cause they were my first game. So, <laughs> but, um, specifically I would say like of all the town themes, new bark town, probably was my favorite. Um, I also really, really like, uh, the burn tower theme, which I'm super excited to show uh, everyone, my version on Johto Legends. It's uh, it's gonna play up the kind of dark, mysterious, but also kind of like hauntingly beautiful side of the burn tower. You know, it, uh, since it in Pokemon lore, the burn tower was actually the, I believe, the brass tower, and burned down in a, a terrible you know, accident and used to be uh, quite ornate and beautiful. And so I, I wanted to capture the tragedy of that place uh, through a cinematic arrangement, which sounds super dramatic for a uh, Pokemon <laughs> album. But, uh, you know, that's the feeling I want to capture, the feeling I had when I played it as a like an 11 year old kid, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, those are some of my big favorites. <laughs> Oh, that's really cool. Uh, I can already sense that. Uh, I don't want to say you're in nostalgia glasses, but like that connection you have, uh, like I have with the first. Um, but th- th- that's really fascinating, and I- I'm actually really curious. Um, are you? Oh, what's to- your What's your favorite track from uh, Gold and Silver? Uh, do you have any favorites? Uh, from Gold and Silver, you know what? Funny thing, uh, 
Out of all the Pokemon games, and I've played almost all of them, I have not tackled gold or silver. <gasps> Gasp. I know. <laughs> that is the deep dark secret of today's episode, folks. I have not played gold or silver yet, but I've played almost all the rest. It's just emerald, uh, uh, emerald and ruby and sapphire that I played it a tiny bit, but I'm a little bit more familiar with that game than I am gold and silver. But I do know you go back to Kanto in gold and silver. Yeah, there's there's so much content. You do get to go back to, to Kanto, which was kind of a, a fun story. I think all, some Pokemon fans know this, but like uh, I think Game Freak, when they were developing Gold and Silver, ran out of room on the, the cartridge to add in Kanto. They, they really wanted to add that element, but um, they were their programmers were like hitting a wall and Satoru Iwata, the late uh, president of Nintendo, at the time was one of the lead programmers at Nintendo, and he actually like compressed all of the data so that they were able to fit Johto and Kanto into the same game cartridge, which is just incredible and speaks uh, is a huge testament to Iwata's uh, genius. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, uh, <laughs> tangent. Um, if if you do get back into Gold and Silver, I'd really recommend playing Heart Gold and Soul Silver because the the graphics are a little less dated and um, the music is much more transformed and uh, it's it's gorgeous. So I really recommend it. Oh, I'll definitely give it a shot. That's on one of my. I don't want to say bucket list. It's definitely a, a shorter. To do yeah, it, it's on a to do list, not to do before I die. Yeah, everyone has tons of games they need to play too, so totally understandable. <laughs> um, and kind of like how uh, each Pokemon, and this is uh, just jump into this, uh, how po each Pokemon uh, region is like uh, shaped like a certain um place. Like, what was it like? Uh, the last, the latest one, um, Pokemon Sun and Moon is like uh, tropical mm -hmm. islands and such. Uh, like. W w what's a pokemon uh gold and silver's like region like what they're trying to emulate through their world uh so that's that's actually an excellent question um and like you said uh game freak does this cool thing where they they take different uh countries or regions and they'll in the real world and base uh, games uh off of those regions bringing elements of the culture into the game design um and for gold and silver uh they took the kansai region of japan which is uh located south of the real life uh kanto region <laughs> that uh red and blue is based off of so uh it's actually in real life kind of the real life neighbor of the the place where red and blue is uh, geographically based on um, the Kansai region of Japan is home to uh, major cities like Kyoto and Osaka. And um, Kyoto specifically is like the cultural center of Japan where um, the imperial court used to be um, and uh, where they have tons of festivals, uh, beautiful architecture from hundreds and hundreds of years ago and um lots of uh temples and uh, uh buddhist uh and shinto shrines so it's um 
you kind of see some of that reflected in uh, gold and silver's design as well. Places like um, Violet City, for example, uh, give the feeling of like Nara, which is uh, the place where they have like the deer park uh, <laughs> and they have like all kinds of temples. The buildings themselves look very Japanese, traditional Japanese architecture. Um and uh, that's something I kind of wanted to capture in Johto Legends as well, that uh, Japanese influence. So um, in addition to having orchestra, live soloists like violin, cello, flute, oboe, uh, we're going to have some traditional Japanese instruments as well, like koto, uh, some shakuhachi, and uh, percussion that you'd hear in kabuki theater and no theater. <laughs> gonna be a lot of fun oh that's great when i was uh studying uh fire emblem fates that's uh the book two types of music <laughs> i was coming across uh for oh yeah have you played fire emblem fates uh fates i've i've watched my boyfriend play it a bit uh because he's a fire emblem fanatic and <laughs> i i love how uh is it um hoshido yeah. has that kind of vibe right yeah and then nor has like bagpipes yeah, <laughs> has, uh... they're going for quote-unquote european <laughs> yeah, like as soon as I started playing, I was like, "Wow, this is like a Asia, like East Asia versus uh, Europe." And obviously, like <laughs> East Asia will overcome. I was like, "Wow." <laughs> well, that's when I was playing Hoshino, or rather, uh, Birthright. And when I was playing the other side, because uh, I, I have, I did play both of them. I, I was like, "Wow, this is really cool." And <laughs> when I was thinking about um, uh, the culture of, uh, or rather, the Pokemon thing, how they work with the styles of the region i thought about that like oh they did that at fire emblems and i loved that and that's why i studied the music of uh the Ho hoshido so the fact that you're gonna get that and when i and the reason why i thought about all this is that when as soon as i read ethnic wins i was like okay i think i know where this is going and <laughs> it's gonna get good yeah yeah um it's it's exactly the kind of stuff you you would hear in birthright and uh on the hoshido side um, and of course that, that kind of music dates back to, you know, a long time ago. <laughs> so it's, it's very old, the instruments, uh, very old, um, traditional, um, have a very, um, unique sound and you, they actually utilize a lot of that kind of, um, instrumentation in heart gold and soul silver when they were able to, you know, use better sounding sound fonts than you know the game boy uh so they they actually have japanese instruments on that uh soundtrack which is pretty fun they made a unique battle track for ho-oh uh you know big giant bird uh phoenix turkey <laughs> uh, like in the originals ho-oh didn't have a battle theme and then in heart gold they gave one and it's so epic it's like taiko drums everywhere and uh lots of uh there's like um they're called otsuzumi drums i believe where uh you kind of whack them and they make a sound like boom 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 and i i don't know if that <laughs> rings a bell well for me it rings a bell uh, i don't know about for our listeners so maybe, maybe it does <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're, I mean, I know that track is very popular amongst Pokemon fans. So if you're excited to hear Japanese percussion, you're gonna get it. <laughs> you're definitely gonna get it. <laughs> oh, that that's great. Um, and 
I just want to double check. And are you planning on like arranging all the tracks just like uh, the Cancelled Symphony? It's just going to be this huge musical journey. Yeah, it's it's going to be massive. Um, <laughs> probably the same size as Canto Symphony um, in length. And uh, yeah, kind of with this overarching uh, narrative that uh, works its way through all of the tracks. So you're you're going to be embarking on a journey uh, alongside the the main character who's going to be represented in the music through tracks like New Bark Town and, um, you know, Route uh, 22, the the opening route theme. And then it's going to evolve into this epic, epic journey as they battle gym leaders and start actually discovering uh, the Johto region, going to places like Goldenrod City, the big metropolis, um, and then coming to more... Uh, intriguing mystical parts of the region like Ecrutique where you uh, uncover you know the legends and the myths surrounding uh, the Burn Tower and Entei, Raikou, Suicune, the legendary beast trio that kind of roam around as guardians of Johto. So there's going to be a mix of uh, yeah the trainer's journey um, and the uh, discovery of uh, Johto's magic i guess <laughs> <laughs> oh just the way you're describing it and for you braxton i'm going to listen to your album first before i play this the game because i want to like get that like ingrained into me that's that uh, narrative element and then i'm gonna play it and then i'm gonna go back to your music it's like ah oh, i remember when this happened in the album and when this happened oh <laughs> uh, that i can't imagine what that's like kind of like going in reverse that seems like it would be really cool, actually, to kind of get like someone's secondhand interpretation of, uh, or yeah, it, an interpretation, and then go back and then play it with all of that in mind. Maybe it enhances it or something. I I know some people will go back and play uh, Red and Blue uh, and listen to the the music while they play, just like turn the game uh, game volume down, and then we'll like play it on top of that and it, it supposedly does wonders <laughs> <laughs> therapeutic even yeah maybe <laughs> oh that's great um but yeah i think that's all the questions i have about the album like you've already uh went great uh, detail on both just explaining how you're going to go about doing this and shown the, the passion that's going behind it and because you like i, I backed both of your uh oh, rather just a uh, double team and like i receiving the album thank listen. you yeah. first of all <laughs> <laughs> and listening to that uh like i i already know that this is going to be uh like a, a great album and like i'm i'm very excited for it and it like it made me regret not backing the canto because i was like oh i should have backed it when i had the chance <laughs> but now i get the opportunity it, for johto yeah exactly now you can jump onto the gen 2 bandwagon and see what it's all about yep uh well, with that said, and, uh, I guess one of my last questions I want to ask, um, and it might already be a given, but I still like to ask this question. If you have to choose one soundtrack, which one would be your <laughs> favorite? Uh, well, I feel like I, I mean, I sort of answered it with Johto, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know, is it clear enough that I like Johto? Do, 
did I mention I really like Johto? Um, no, anyway. <laughs> um, but I would say my second favorite would probably be the black and white soundtrack. Because I really enjoyed how cinematic it was and um, how a lot of the tracks surrounding like N's storyline throughout the game and Team Plasma uh, is just dramatic and awesome. N's castle is fantastic. Um, all of the battle themes associated with Team Plasma, like even the grunt battle is super catchy, really good. Uh, yeah, I, I really like black and white. Uh, I would say it's my number two behind Johto. <laughs> oh, that's actually really interesting because um, Black and White 2's soundtrack is my favorite. So I got to hear uh, like uh, Team Plasma's like music as well, like or they arranged stuff when they went from being like Crusader type characters to these uh, like pirates or uh, yeah or just the I, I guess outlaws yeah, sort of yeah lag, all covered like with the uh, <laughs> face mask. Uh, but yeah, they're so edgy, <laughs> hardcore edgy. Yeah, we're the real hardcore edge lords, <laughs> team edge lord. And and from what you were saying, uh, I definitely um, hear your like your favor uh, with uh, the end or um, just ends theme in the music because yeah, you know, wasn't that one of your arrangements that you did for the double team, uh, the end suite? Yes, it was very self-indulgent because I love N so much. And I was like, okay, we, we can't just do one of these themes. We have to do a, like a medley, a suite of all of N's themes because they are so good. Which is uh, actually kind of a pain to license because <laughs> when, you use, when you use multiple uh, compositions in a cover song, you have to license each one and that actually costs more <laughs> for for us to produce but i don't care it, it was totally worth it absolutely and i was going to also comment that like on the album it was one of your best arrangements on there and i was like wow oh, you must thank really you so like much. this <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> it was really difficult trying to figure out how to arrange ends castle theme in a way that because like it, in the game it it's like sounds like church organ plus you know dramatic phantom of the opera scary plus strings everywhere and it's super epic choir and uh, like how do i scale that down for strings and piano and uh so hearing you say that that's like ooh okay i got it <laughs> <laughs> dodge the bullet on that one <laughs> mm. oh but no that's a uh, that's great um like I said, that's really all the questions I have, and I'm really excited for this project. Uh, I thank you for uh, coming on the show and talking about your album. Uh, so thank you again, Braxton. Hey, thank you, Marcos. And um, for anyone uh, wanting to support us, uh, just look up Johto Legends on Kickstarter. And um, if you want to follow us, uh, we're on Twitter, uh, Pokemon Reorchestrated. You can just search it. And then uh, we're also Pokemon Reorchestrated on facebook yeah uh for the full name is jojo legends music from pokemon gold and pokemon silver just to make sure that you get to the right thing and not anything else yes uh but yeah you can find it on there and other than that that's it <laughs> so, that's all folks so thank you uh so much for uh listening in and we uh appreciate uh your time and we just hope that you enjoyed this Rhythmic Calendar episode. And again, I want to wish Braxton a, a thank you for coming on the show. Uh, and 
again, I would say uh, if you really like the podcast, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Rate even if you wish. Possibly review nicely. But that's up to you <laughs> on iTunes. But uh, if, if anything if, that you get out of this is that you yeah you soak up this enthusiasm from Braxton Burps uh, project over here because I, you're gonna find that passion in the album and I, that's something worth uh, investing in. Now, I, am I telling you to? No, no, I'm not forcing you to tell you this. I'm just saying, this is, I, I I like it and this is something that I'm hoping gets back. So. It may just be biased. Do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very good to get this information. I want to get across to uh, everyone of you out there in case that you are having second thoughts. And hopefully that uh, helps clear any confusion. So, again. Yep. We only have about a week left. And I don't know when this is going up. So <laughs> it might even be less. So, yeah. Uh, I appreciate the plugging. And um, I'm glad you share this enthusiasm for the project as well. Go back at people. <laughs> Thank you again, everyone, and have a great day.